people who say like, we just give up, like this party has never been for us. Um, it will never be for us. I think are giving up too soon. It's the Ethernet. <laughs> it's the Ether. We're on the internet. You know, I get why someone called it the Ethernet cable. Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast Live. I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. This is my guest mm -hmm. and um, life man. Special friend. Special friend. Um, uh, pl platonic lover. Platonic? Lover. You can't, those don't work together. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. Thank you so much for having me <laughs> on the regular show this time. This is the regular show. Matt Lieb's always been on bonus shows. Yeah, every time. But he's here uh, and it's a good week. Matt, I need you. We need you. Yeah. Because it's been a rough one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's one thing that we need in this world. It's uh, it's another white man saying his feelings. We do. We about do. It. Well, it's, it's mostly because we just want to live vicariously through you. Like, what if I just move through the life as a six foot six white man? Yeah. You know, like just. Oh. It's a pretty sweet life. I got to tell you, I'm I'm just living it up. Just I, I'm six foot six. I'm dunking everywhere I go. Six you know? foot five and a half. Well, I I mean, with shoes on, I'm six foot six and a half. So, you know, but who's counting, really? <laughs> who's counting? I'm, I'm counting. I am. Uh, welcome, Kimberly, Steve on Facebook, uh, Schultzy 100 on YouTube, uh, Sherry on YouTube. Thank you all for being here. So, so happy you're here. Guess what? This is the 50th episode of The Bituation Room. Wow. It feels like it should be the... 150th like it feels like that's how long we've been in quarantine that's how long um you know i've been doing the show sure 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 uh and that's because it's a big big lift for me and my awesome producer becca and that's why we are so appreciative of your tips that you have been giving us and that i'm asking for once again tbr-live on venmo tbr live on cash up and we are yes donating even more egregiously this time to Movement Voter Project, which is working in a bunch of swing states with grassroots organizations to help get out the vote in communities of color, in communities where we know uh, it will make the difference when it comes to defeating fascism in November, which is still what we're trying to do. Still trying to do it. We'll get there. Despite all the commenters on my Instagram, like, did you know that fascism was actually coined by Obama? Yeah. <laughs> did um, you know Obama actually did fascism first? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Trump. We're supposed to believe that, indeed. Um, That's pretty much anything uh, bad that Trump does uh, is immediately filtered through. Um, I mean, first there's the right wing who's like, Obama's bad. Right. And then there's some people on the left who are like, um, actually, the first people to do uh, death camps was a democrat was a democrat and yeah, she's yeah. Like, mm. they were the kkk yep, and yep. the first people to do death camps it's very much a it's uh the ultimate bad faith argument i always like uh the like when anyone brings when republicans bring up biden's crime bill mm -hmm. like him being co-sponsoring it it's like motherfucker you like do you hate it because it didn't go far enough <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like, were you mad at the three strikes rule you're like it should be one strike yeah single strike you're out <laughs> yeah like preemptive no. strike <laughs> absolutely preemptive strike is when they just started arresting people just for no reason mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I saw minority report yeah oh dude great movie <sighs> 
That's the future. Matt Lieb. What's up? We lost a giant this and and just a giant in the smallest little package. Mm, a little um, giant. A little giant. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice. RBG. And um and I'm sad, but we knew this moment was coming. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Oh my god, we're also being joined by Varshini Prakash of Sunrise Movement. That's actually what I meant to say. Matt's great and all, but mm-hmm. Varshini is here. We're going to pick her brain about, you know, electoral politics, movement politics. Sunrise has been kicking ass and taking names. Um, Ed Markey o- owes his life, owes his life <laughs> to the Sunrise Movement. No, but I'm so excited to have her on. So stick with us because we're, we're she's going to be on. We're also going to bring back a segment um, called This Week in Karen. Uh, and this weekend, Karen is a very surprising person. I don't think many of our viewers and our listeners, our future people. I'm very excited. We'll we'll be able to guess. It's a good one. Let's it's see a, if you can guess. It's a surprise, Karen. It's a surprise, Karen. Um, all right. But first, Matt, you know how we start off the show I every do. single week. Same question I'm asking of everyone watching right now, all you wonderful people out there. What are you bitching about now? So what am I, bitch? Oh, hi. Uh, we're back talking about what we're bitching. I love that you have bumpers now. Hell when yeah. did you add bumpers to the show? When When did you stop listening? Three weeks ago. <laughs> I just got busy on Sundays. What can I say? You would go into the podcast room. We have a podcast room. And uh, and I would be like, guess it's time to play video games. I've been playing this oh, great be, game. Be, called, uh, we don't want to hear about your video games. Well, what if it's what I'm bitching about? Never thought about you that. You really found a way to do this, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I'm going to keep it video game free. We're not going to talk about Ghost of a Tsushima, which okay. is a really great game on PS4. Where you play like a samurai uh, who's like fighting with Mongols. It's really great. You guys, you should check it out. Um, but no, what I am bitching about. What's up about, to Twitch, by the way? Hey, what's up, Twitch? Follow me on Instagram. What is, what is Twitch? Uh, TikTok. I don't know, you should probably have a Twitch account where you like are the samurai at this point. I know. I play video games enough at this point that i should just be a twitch guy yeah why not because uh, then that's a whole career i'm saying i'm gonna start a twitch account where i just try to do the same jump over and over again oh my god <laughs> i would i would be where you go to get frustrated about something that's not the trump administration yeah you're just like oh god yeah. oh god <laughs> just make the jump oh my god no it is insane watching francesca play video games it, it i would watch that i would watch you an have. entire twitch channel of that <laughs> I would watch 12 hours straight of you going, I can't get it. The game is broken. It's like <laughs> the game is not broken. It's impossible. You just have bad hand-eye coordination. I don't. All right. What are you bitching about, Matt? Um, I'm bitching about this uh, Atlantic article that came out. Another one. Yeah. No, was this- it an open letter? Oh, no. That was Harper's. My no. Name. Yeah. This is uh, the Atlantic, um, which is a place um, where uh, – People, you know, great journalists go to uh, shill for their collective party. Um, but uh, no, it's a terrible newspaper written uh, with writers who are awful. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of them are great. Also, give me a job. Also, I'd like a job, please. Uh, please pivot to video so you can die. Um, but no, they did <laughs> They did this one uh, <laughs> article where uh, the headline is, One Progressive Group Strategy to Help Biden Appeal to Young Voters, uh, colon, Promote him as part of a group of, quote, Democratic Avengers. Yeah. So basically what they did was they spent millions and millions of dollars, the Biden campaign, on a uh, focus group 
to see if the focus group would be into it and young people would be more into Biden if he was like a superhero, you like know? How old are these like people who can't vote? Like, you know what would be really cool? Is if like the, uh, Joe Biden was like the Hulk? Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, first of all, don't start at children. If you if you're like, how do we appeal to the youth? Okay, what do toddlers like? They like when you jangle keys in front of them. Let's do a whole ad campaign where we jangle keys in front. It's like no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, it, it the idea is that like young people aren't connecting with Joe Biden's message, you know, and they're like, we got to figure out a way to get them. And so, so what, what is this? The Democratic Avengers? Like, the, is, yes, he's going to be photoshopped. Yeah, he's basically, yeah, not he'll be White Panther or something. I don't know. Uh, but is he going to leak a dick pic like Chris Evans? I really hope not. I, I think I would immediately off myself if I saw a Biden <laughs> dick. I just, mm -mm, I couldn't. Oh, God. Uh, but <laughs> not, not before. I mean, well, then we'd have to see. That's the thing. If mm. we saw Biden's dick, we oh. have to see Trump's. But Trump, he won't even release he, his tax he, he returns. Would. No. Mm, you're right. <laughs> you're like, He'll be like, here's my taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll show my taxes. I'm not showing my dick. I draw the line at my dick. God, I can't believe we're talking about Anyways, that. sorry. This is what happens when you have me on. Um, no, so basically they spent millions of dollars for this focus group. It's just to create a YouTube video. Millions of dollars of the Democratic Avengers. And the YouTube video has 146 views. Oh, it's just, man. you know what will appeal to young people? Uh, talking about climate change, Billie Eilish and healthcare. No, not even Bill Billie Eilish. Billie like, Eilish talking uh, about climate change. Okay, that would help a little bit, but mostly the climate change part. The problem is, is that like the assumption is like, and it has been in the Democratic Party for a while, which is like, how many celebrities can we get? How many pop culture yeah. references can we get uh, to say they're voting Biden? And it's like, th listen, I understand that you're trying to get the youth vote here, but this is the first time in a long time that the youth vote is actually policy based. Yeah. And so it's like, all I can think of is that meme of like a guy that just goes, healthcare, please. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, just how about Medicare for all? That would appeal to a lot of young people who do not see uh, getting health insurance is something that's going to happen yeah. in the near future, Let, yeah. you know, because they won't get a job. And this that is the whole it. thing is that he's too afraid of isolating the people that the Democratic Party knows always votes moderates mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. older people. And so when you say Medicare for all or you talk too much about climate change, you know, I was reading that and we'll talk to Varshini about this, that like climate change is just not seen as an issue that wins you the presidency. But it's like then you then, you know, you turn around and Democrats love to complain once again about young people not mm -hmm. voting right. like because you fucking are talking about the issues that they care about the most. Yeah, um, I like that. But I got to see this video now. I know. I want to watch it too, but I also don't want to mess with the view count. <laughs> like, I really want to keep it. You, does Does incognito window work? I think it still counts as a view. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I can't say definitively, but uh, yeah. I just I want to keep it at that view, but I also want to see it. So if someone could rip it and then send it to me, I would love to watch the Democratic Avengers. I imagine though that uh, you know. I, yeah, I, I imagine though it, it's like who would who would the Avengers be? It would be Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, yeah, uh, Joe Biden, and and, it, and just prune juice. Yeah, prune juice with um, like a little cape, a little cape, X lax, uh, Maylox Max. It would just be a lot of like over the counter <laughs> like old people drugs. It would just look. I mean, this is just a cover of ARP. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to read people's. Uh, what what they're bitching about. I think I saw something about 
I had it. This is me looking at comments. This is me trying to find your comments. Someone wrote Biden smash, which mm, I don't, mm -mm, I don't like it. Someone asked if you're still doing Mythical Morning. I am. I am. Uh, yeah, we are doing, uh, we're shooting next week. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Very cool. Good Mythical Morning, for those of you who don't know, is a totally apapolitical show. Um, you don't need to plug it on this show. They've got hundreds of thousands of followers. Literally millions. millions. So, so yeah, anyway, we won't plug it. What I'm bitching about, thank you. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Shut the uh, Thank you. <laughs> this is my Trump as like a bit like a bimbo. Like, yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm bitching about this mailer that came from the USPS. Did you guys get this? Um, it is just a one well, sheet, just like show a, little, a little mailer. Oh yeah, don't show our address. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm covering that up strategically. <laughs> Doopy doo. Um, and it's from the USPS and it says, if you plan to vote by mail, plan ahead. And initially when I got it, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they were like, actually, like maybe Louis DeJoy like isn't an unrepentant douchebag who, you know, just donated his way into the Trump administration and like isn't systematically obliterating the USPS. Maybe he's trying to help us. And it's like, dear postal customer, and it's like, ooh, there's a checklist. If you vote by mail, we're committed to providing you a secure, effective way to deliver your ballot. Use this checklist to prepare. Great. Uh, and then- Step one, burn down every mailbox that you see. <laughs> you see a blue mailbox, punch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this helps sign you up for mail-in voting. This is, so it's, it's, what I don't like about it is it's so vague. They think that they're helping, but they're, it's, they're actually adding a lot of misinformation. So the first step is start today. That's not a fucking step. That's like, you can't, this is like when you're like listing your qualities on a job application and you're like, well, I'm reliable and I'm trustworthy. Those are two separate ones. Like, no, they're not. They're the same, <laughs> yeah. same thing. Yeah. Um, I care too much <laughs> is my biggest um, fault. Uh, rules and dates may vary by state. So go to USPS.com slash voting info. Don't go to USPS slash dot com. It's a trap. Voting. It's a total trap. Yeah, I it's would, a trap. I would not trust that. In fact, I'm, we're putting a, a, a link in the comments to a Slate article that has every single state, whatever your state is in, all the voting regulations and how, not regulations, but actually uh, how to vote. It's way easier than this makes it sound. Um, it says you got to request your mail-in ballot, your absentee ballot, 15 days before election day. Well, that's also not true in a bunch of states like California, Arizona. You're getting your absentee ballot mailed directly to you. So wrong again. Um, once received, follow the instructions. Add postage to the envelope if needed. If needed. Don't you know whether it's needed or not? And like, what? Mm. What are you... You're just trying to get more money out of us. You don't need actually to put that. You don't need to put postage on most. I mean, buy postage. It'll help fund the USPS. But don't, you know, just don't listen know to this to, mailer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and then we recommend you mailing your ballot in at least seven days before the election, which is another one, which is like. <laughs> I'm just so nervous about the address. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> um, I don't want you. I listen. We we love Every single one of the First people of all, who listen. you will get docs before I will get docs. I know, but if you're bringing the address, then I'm going to get docs hella fast. The point is this. Uh, rec like, mail your ballot at least seven days before the election. I'm not even sure that's true. I'm not even sure if you don't if you don't put your ballot. Look, I would put your ballot in the mailbox as soon as possible, as soon as you get it. But, like, yeah. even if you wait to the day before, you that should still fucking count. And this is the whole conversation around making sure that, you know, on the night of, 
uh, Wolf Blitzer like is like I we just have to make sure the right chip is installed, you know, so that he's not like and the winner is Donna Trump. Like no 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 no, you gotta wait wait till the, all the results are in. Yeah. You know how he does. You know oh, when yeah. Wolf Blitzer says something, you're like I guess it's true. Yeah yeah yeah, he's programmed. He's programmed. Yeah. He's he's a little robot. Show me him blink, not mm-hmm. like on a timer yeah no his all of his blinks are by algorithm they're by algorithm he's actually blinking uh, sos signals and morse code (laughs) (laughs) change my oil uh yeah no i mean i i don't trust uh the u.s postal service or i don't i don't trust DeJoy. um but mostly that stems from less from the mailer more from uh the random bags of mail that have been spotted uh all over los angeles literally bags of mail just sitting like yeah and people are like what is this and this is a federal crime to like you know take mail out of the mailbox and throw it away and uh yeah you know not if the usps does it though that's the question though is it the usps doing it or is it like a you know some sort of lone wolf trump guy who's like mail is now canceled God, it is that. It's exactly. And also take all of my junk mail, please. Um, All right, Matt, we're going to move on to uh, the next segment. We run down the week. We're looking at everything that happens. Just getting right into it. I'm sorry I didn't get to everyone's comments. I cannot read that fast. This is. I cannot read. I cannot read. This is the week where. Hey! All right. In case you were lucky enough to be in a coma this week, stay there. Don't wake up. Uh, it's nice a- there. It's, it's nice. safe. It's warm. It's nice. It's nice. You can just be there with your thoughts. Yeah. You can walk through the ether not of your even, mind. You're not even thoughts. Yeah. Endless is- nothing does sound really <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> the point is, this week sucked mm. for many, many different reasons. Um, but firstly, this was the week where. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was 87, died of complications related to cancer. Um, This was like the fourth or fifth time she had been gone under operation for cancer. Uh, She'd been drop kicking it left and right and finally got her. Uh, And that sent the entire nation into one united and resounding I needed the signal. I, I needed, hope everyone joined in at home. I just, I needed someone to tell me. Yeah. You need a little, now, need, now is the time to freak out. Yeah. Yes. It is like a seven alarm fire here in this country. Um, especially for women. Um, RBG, obviously a trailblazer and a defender of women's rights and kind of a, a firewall against, um, overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, and many people are worried now about, you know, Reproductive rights, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, like, can you stock up on abortions? Can yeah. like I want to have an abortion now just to exercise my freedom to do so, Let's like do while it. I still can. Yeah, I, mean, I think Matt, you and I need to start trying for an abortion. I um, I'm so flattered. Like that's so that's so can sweet. We? I mean, let's I, hurry up. I've always wanted to be a dad, but more so, I've always wanted to be someone who was about to be a dad. <laughs> And then decided, fuck that shit. <laughs> no, I'm serious though. Like it's it's. I feel about abortion the way I feel about like TikTok. Like yeah, before yeah, yeah. it goes away, I need to do it once. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. Like I I, I download they make a TikTok. it illegal. Yeah, before they make it illegal. Yeah. Download TikTok. Get that abortion. Yeah. Um, and I just want to remind everyone that if cis men could get pregnant, 
Mm. There would be an egg-seeking uh, torpedo system in their ovaries installed at that birth. you could install installed at birth yep. that would deploy immediately after a pregnancy test. Sure Instead would. of the words yes on the pregnancy test, it would just be like, detonate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's true. Um, obviously, it's unclear what Mitch McConnell will do with a vacant seat. Will he wait until after the election because he's afraid of vote too soon? Will lose Republicans to Senate? Will he rush it through because confirmation will bolster Republican voters? Will he contract coronavirus and go the way of Herman Cain? Come on, 2020. God. Yeah. Uh, any of those good things that you're hoping for, mm -hmm. uh, the opposite will happen. Just remember that. I that know. there is no, uh, like, th th it's just, there's anti-karma is happening. What yeah. is it? Is there a word for karma? No, but it's opposite? just karma, right? No, but it's opposite karma. Because oh. it's like bad people are getting great things and good people are Dying like flies. You mean maybe in a previous life, America was like a great country? Oh, uh, yeah. I guess if you're talking about real karma, like previous life or stuff. Or we were yeah. terrible. We were even worse than we are now. I mean, we were. In a past life. Yeah. In another universe. Ugh. Uh, you know, we're getting a little philosophical. Yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. A little too Message much. Message Matt about karma and what that means for our entire country. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, 2020 is what happens when like the devil blows on your dice and you're like, woo-wee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually convinced myself that like, like, I don't know if there is a God, but at this point, I'm pretty sure that there was. And then <laughs> the devil killed his bitch ass and now he runs shit. Yeah, you know, because it really does feel like the devil runs shit right yeah, now. Yeah, or God hates us. Yeah, but that—I mean—that's some like Old Testament God, the one that's just like filled with wrath and oh, like, yeah, envy yeah. and bitterness. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what's happening now. Real the bitter. Locusts will happen yeah. before the end of this year. Yeah, Hashem is mad. I don't know why. <laughs> also, Shana Tova to all my fellow Jews out there. Shana Tova, do you do yeah, this? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Shana Tova. Shana Tova, hey. Hey, Shana Tova to you. Come on, cool. I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, and Lisa Murkowski have all said they believe a new judge should be confirmed by a new president. Mm. It's unclear if they're being conscientious of democracy or just following the old adage, don't confirm white supremacy after Labor Day. Nice. It's just tacky. I love it. Uh, lots of Democrats are talking about if we win the Senate, we must add seats to the Supreme Court. Pack the court. Uh, I'm wondering why we don't just take seats away. Just take like a game Ooh. of musical chairs, you know, every like a biennial yeah. little musical chairs or a biennial Hunger Games. Yeah. With SCOTUS. Oh, How I love fucking that. good. Like, I'm not saying I'd like to see Justice Sotomayor impale Clarence Thomas with a crossbow. But I would like to see her eat him. I'm just saying it'd be good TV. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch the shit out of it. It would be like, I'd watch six hours wear, of that. Wear his skin in order yeah. to camouflage yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be so sick. I'm just saying, like, I'd watch that, and then I'd also watch you trying to play video games. These are two things that I would watch. Two things we'd watch. Okay. Yep. Moving on. This was also the week where. Yeah. FBI Director Christopher Wray called Antifa, quote, more of an ideology or a movement than an organization and said that the biggest domestic terrorism threat is racially motivated violent extremism. And when the FBI understands Antifa more than most people, that's how you know we live in the upside down. Like what? Yeah, that's the fuck? I don't I don't. How trust is it. the FBI woke on this? I, I don't know. It's to me, that's like the, this is some sort of reverse psychology. They're doing reverse ops right now. And like if 
<laughs> if, I mean, if, he's probably continued it with like, I mean, we've we've still heavily yeah. infiltrated it. Oh, like, we've infiltrated them and <laughs> destroyed them from the inside. But just so you know, as soon as we got there, we we're like, I don't think these guys are a threat. Yeah. Most of them don't even eat meat. Yeah, no, but they're definitely inside the Antifa loose affiliation oh, sure. and just kicking up mad dissent between like, you know, Chelsea and Brad <laughs> about like the vegan dumpster diving and like whether whatever i don't know yeah, yeah whether like ghee is harm free yeah instead of butter like there's a whole like th there's a whole thing that's yeah. happening the fbi is doing to antifa even though they know it's not an actual organization yeah yeah for sure for sure mm. this was also the week where uh whistleblower azada shashahani um revealed that in a Georgia detention center, ICE has been conducting hysterectomies on female detainees without uh, their consent. Yeah. A gynecologist who performed the surgeries was colloquially known as the uterus collector, which is a name I will no longer be using for my diva cup. That that's nice. just seems wrong. <laughs> nice. We'll go back to calling it Bush Gore or oh, very good. Lieutenant Menzies. Fuck you. No, those are all great puns. I, I was I was agreeing with them. It's not a pun. Bush Gore is very good. It's a play on words. It's a play on words. And but you know, there was also an election, a stolen one. Yeah. That that uh that Supreme Court uh justice RBG voted against. Oh, did she? Yeah, she dissented. She dissented heavily. Uh you see that's the thing about RBG is uh she did do some dope shit. Yeah. A lot of it. Uh she did. Um, if anyone thinks that somehow like hysterectomies without consent is the most Nazi shit uh, yeah. ever, or that it would be going on under a Biden administration. I got a, some waterfront property to sell you on the river of denial. <laughs> yes. Very good. I'm sticking the landing. You suck I'm, just it. Gonna, I'm just going to stare in the camera. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is you believed in the joke. No, I didn't, but that's okay. Well, you were able to seem like you did, and that's why it was very good. Tip us at TBR-Live, TBR-Live on Cash App. You really should. She puts in so much work <laughs> into this spot. You know, you do, and and it's a it's a good thing. It's like you, you, you care about it, and I feel like people should tip you. It's like you feel still. You do feel. No, I do. I care about it a lot. I care about everybody who's watching, and I thank them very, very kindly. Yeah. Uh, finally, our piece, last piece of news, uh, a little bit more personal, a little closer. Oh, to yeah. This was the week where the Department of Justice asked the news organization AJ Plus. Specifically AJ Plus. Which houses Newsbroke, the show that I am the co-creator of, along with Matt Lieb and Kate Elston, to register as a foreign agent. Hell yeah, dog. Which means we have finally have something in common with former Trump officials. Yeah. I don't know who's the Paul Manafort and like who is the, I'm the Michael Roger, Flynn. I'm the Roger Stone. He's not a, mm, I don't think he's a foreign agent. He's not? No. Oh, he's just a stooge? No. You're, you're definitely. I'm not Paul Manafort. No, no, no. You. I'm like strong. Uh, you're Papadopoulos, dude. You're oh, like, you're like. yeah, I am totally You're like Papadopoulos. a dude in the bar who's like, oh my God, we totally. Yeah. We totally like. Hello? Is this Putin? Yeah, we, we spearfished the fuck out of John Podesta, man. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's a really good impression. That's very good. That's how it went down. Don't tell no one. Oh my God, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no. Uh, Basically, just some context. They're yeah. accusing AJ Plus of working at the behest of the Qatari government. Mm -hmm. um, and they say that our journalism isn't independent, which is not true at all. <laughs> yeah. Except for the few jokes that the Emir did write for us. Okay. Yes, yes. Gonna be real. Yes. It's like calling Daffy Duck the original Antifa. Uh -huh. That was that him. Was him. Uh, when we said Puerto Rico was a Tiffany Trump of the United States, mm -hmm. that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we called the US the Regina George of the world, he loves Mean Girls. It's just, it, like he's a huge Tina Fey fan. He's actually really nice and down to earth. He's super you know? chill. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just want to let you know that the we should, we should call him now. Yeah, yo, Amir, <laughs> what's up? What do you? Oh, you're just watching one of those videos where cars go on two wheels. That's sick. <laughs> they oh love it. God. They love those videos. The whole okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay, not to get too much into the weeds, but this is all part of like the UAE's deal with the United States. Um, the UAE has been like partnering with Gulf states uh, against Qatar. They hate. Yeah, there's a blockade. Qatar. There's like a whole blockade. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things they hate is Al Jazeera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and just this week, the UAE decided, di agreed to recognize Israel in exchange for a bunch of things. Dr uh, drones being one of them. Yeah. Game on selling lots of drones yep, to, yep. Uh, to UAE. And then AJ Plus being a foreign agent. I love that we're on the same level as drones. Yeah. That's pretty sick, you know? I love that, like, they were in the meeting and they were like, so we want drones and we want that ethnically ambiguous lady to shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. It really what, is. she Chinese? Is she Italian? What is yeah. she, she Latina? Exactly. Yeah. There, it, I really do feel like um, they watched like news broke and they saw a video of me calling Bibi Netanyahu a fuckboy. <laughs> he and, Matt did call Bibi Netanyahu a fuckboy. It was kind of a crown jewel. Of and they were, and they were just like, you know, we're also fuckboys. You know, we should really get to know Bibi a little bit more. And I was like, no, it did the opposite of what I wanted you to do. Um, but yeah, it is, it's very exciting times. It's nice to know that someone is watching, um, you know, uh, specifically uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Blart, William Barr. William, <laughs> I forgot what his name. William was. Barr, mall cop. Yeah, <laughs> William Barr, mall cop. Uh, you know, watches news broke. It, it make, makes me feel really good. Um, but yeah, it is, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just totally shaking his jowls. Um, yeah, um, it's a very exciting times. Wesley Wesley Colvin on Facebook says, "You triggered the right people." Absolutely, Wesley. Yeah. Look, if we're not triggering them, we're not doing our goddamn jobs. Yeah. Um, there you go. Thank you. By the way, we will be transitioning off of Facebook um, very soon. So everyone, get on over to YouTube or Twitch at Franny Fio. Watch us there. Because in the next mm, couple of weeks, we're going to go bye-bye on Facebook. Uh, will I delete Instagram? No, never. Do I know Instagram's parent company is Facebook? Yeah, but I try not to think about it. One time my Instagram wasn't updating for three hours. Oh my god. And I lost my mind. She she spent I, free, I was like, I am addicted. This is a problem. She like, spent the entire three hours just doing the thing where you try to refresh it. I was just like, I can't. I, I've, like, I've, I've seen your challenges. bread. I know I I know that you baked that. You baked that seven hours ago. Yeah. Anyway. Um, thank you all for being here. TBR-Live, TBR-Live, Movement Voter Project that we're donating to and also uh, 
just a plug for Seed the Vote, who is doing awesome phone banking and text banking. Yep. Get involved. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead, and that means if Ruth is gone, we have to be without Ruth, which means we have to be ruthless. That's be ruthless. Very good. Ruthless. Yeah, ruthless Bader Ginsburg. That's, That's right. That sounds worse. That's right. Um, also, I did go as RBG for well, Halloween. You, you went as Cardi B. I went as Cardi B and RBG, and it was the best Halloween in my life. She was Cardi RBG. It was great. One right. person got it. One person got it. Which was very amazing. Like, what I mean by got it was like, saw you and said, you're RBG and Cardi B. And I was Can like, I just say, though, that someone also, three people went as, get this, you guys. Three people went at this Halloween party, which was obviously, it was like an NPR party. It was like uh, a, a uh, KCRW Los Angeles party. And oh yeah, we knew literally. it was yeah. because three people were dressed up as the devil's triangle, which was a phraseology that Brett Kavanaugh said in his hearing, which definitely refers to a sexual act. But he was like, no, it's a drinking game. And they they weren't doing a sexual act, but they were like, dressed up as devils and they were like holding a triangle and i was like you fucking nerds yeah but you're also you. a nerd because you got it <laughs> i'm a total nerd because i understood yeah. all right let's jump into our topic and bring in our guest um she is uh deserving of a bio that i'm gonna bring up right now <laughs> she's the executive director and co-founder of sunrise a movement of young people working to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process through the Green New Deal. Ever heard of it? Please welcome Varshini Prakash. Hello. Hi. Wow, y'all are funny. I was uh, just sitting in the back just laughing my ass off for like the last uh, half an hour. It's been great. Highlight Varshini, of my weekend. Why haven't you been on the stream this entire time? <laughs> yeah, we need I could have used you. <laughs> We need people <laughs> laughing at our jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it is just this ether. Um, Varshini, thank you so much for being here. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, I've tried to chase you down around, like, for the last three, two years, I've been like, when are you coming on the podcast? I know. We try to make it happen, like, two or three times, and I'm I'm just happy to be here. I'm glad to I'm be here. So happy you. I'm so happy you're here, and I have to ask, just out the gate, like, Last 48 hours, it's been really rough. I'm sure a lot of people have been looking to you and your organization, what to do now that we're, you know, sort of hanging in the balance with the mm -hmm. Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's riding on the election. Like what, how are you feeling and what keeps you going in these times, um, knowing that we are in such a dangerous moment? Yeah. Wow. Whew. It has been... It's been an intense 48 hours. Um, I, you know, part of what keeps me going is um, screaming really loudly with my help. fiance for like an hour. Um, <laughs> and like, Adorable. yeah, trust. exactly. I got a puppy like four weeks ago and what just kind of, kind of, of um, she's a mutt. We're not really sure. We think the, the, we're not really sure what she is at all. But she's, but adorable. She's, she's adorable. She's a brindle. She has this white chest and white paws. And she's Aww. just the cutest thing. She's only four months old. And, and just like spending time with her, you're like, oh my God, yeah, there are like beings that have no idea what's going on right now. And I just want to inhabit that reality a little bit. I watched the Celtics murder the heat. And that was an amazing time as well. And so, you know, a little bit of yelling, a little bit of whatever. But I've, I would say the thing that's actually giving me like, legitimate hope is 
you know, we found out this news on Friday night and I log on to Slack the next morning and I'm like, okay, like gotta get our team going. Like gotta think about how we're going to respond. Like we have thousands of young people. We can get them to do direct actions on all these, you know, crazy Republicans that are going to backtrack on all their words and, and, and try to push the Supreme court nominee through like in the next couple of months. Um, and I got online and like, I hit up our, some of our folks working on direct actions and our like 19 year old direct actions coordinator is just like, oh yeah, I have a guide for you. It's like five pages long. We're sending it out and blasting it to the movement. We have a call ready at 4 p.m. for uh, to prepare people for taking direct action. Um, And we have a whole team on rapid response already. And I was like, Oh my God. Amazing. And so it's like, you know, you have this moment. It's really scary. It's really terrifying. Um, And I think like so much of Sunrise's beginning was feeling like we're young people. We feel really isolated. We feel really scared. We don't feel like we have a future. We don't have adults in the room and we feel really alone. And then like in creating this movement, it's like all of a sudden we have literally hundreds, if not thousands of young people that are coming out of the woodwork to take leadership. And yeah. it's, it is so, so beautiful to see. And they're just it, like I mean, this is what you Dude, this is what, this is where I want to go with that because it's amazing to wake up and know you have created along with your co, you know, founders and everyone who's been involved in Sunrise, a, um, what I would refer to as militant, but mature movement mm. that is involved, like that is captivating young people, people who can't even vote yet. Yeah our phone banking and doing direct actions and learning all about, you know, sort of the history of social movements and social change in this country, I am sure. So I really want to talk to you about that. Like what I've been in awe. Um, So you you guys were formed in 2017, right? Or 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017? Yeah, 2017. 2017, the sit-in Nancy Pelosi's office in 2018 that AOC attended or, you know, spoke to you all at, which catapulted your organization. Yeah. To now, 2020, this summer, you know, political analysts are basically giving you guys the win on getting Ed Markey reelected based on his support for the Green New Deal, based Mm -hmm. on your, like, calling, I mean, calling for him and working for him, like, now you are all seen as a real force. Not that you weren't then, not that it was like, oh, then it was sit-ins. Now it's like electoral politics, not at all. But like, what an incredible and rapid rise. And like, how how did you do it without crumbling from infighting? <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you all not just like, no, we splintered. Now we're like the sunset and sunset's over here. <laughs> oh my like, God. We actually created an entire PowerPoint presentation about like framed from the sunset movement, which was from the vantage point of the Koch brothers, which was one of the greatest masterpieces we ever created. I wish we could actually watch. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, But no, I mean, it's like we, I think one of the clearest ways that we did this was from the beginning, we were really clear about having our eyes on the prize and the mission at hand, but also the theory of change for how we get there. Um, And like, I had been a part of a lot of movements in the past that had splintered because you have so many people that are so confused about, or not confused, they just have different ideas about how we get to the end goal, whatever it is, like whatever justice you're trying to get at, like people were coming at it from a bunch of different places. So Sunrise is like right in the middle 
of building like protest movements, people power is what we call it. Um, kind of like a like a like a really vocal, really active, really disruptive uh, group of young people that is like hundreds of thousands strong. Yeah. But combining that with political power. So not just saying we're going to like shake our fists on the outside, but actually saying we're going to bring this movement energy into the halls of Congress. We're going to elect insurgent candidates to office like AOC and Rashida Tlaib and Jamal Bowman. Uh, we're going to back the folks who, who, who back us up like Ed Markey. Um, like there was no guarantee that Ed Markey was going to win. He was like 17 points down when Joe Kennedy first got in the race. Right. Um, and so I think it's this clarity around theory of change and understanding that we both have to build the movement outside and the movement inside Congress. And we've got to exert pressure at both of those levels and collectively towards the broader end of, of, of justice for all and, and for a Green New Deal that, that leaves no person behind. Yeah, I mean, that. so what is that theory of change? Because, I mean, I, I'm hearing there's there's something that I think a lot of activists refer to as this inside-outside strategy of being yeah. both outside of electoral politics, but inside of them. Um, and we're at this moment right now where I think there is a lot of nihilism and a lot of cynicism in on the left and in progressive movements because, hey, our candidate Bernie Sanders, or even if you were an Elizabeth Warren person, didn't yeah. get within, I mean, she didn't get within striking distance, but Bernie Sanders didn't win the Democratic primary. Um, Joe Biden, I want to talk to you about him, but like we're in this moment where it's a little bit like uh, there are some people who are throwing up their hands and who are like, nah, it's all BS. You can't get anything done in the electoral arena. Um, yeah. And and a lot of people, I'm just going to be real with you, like DSA, for example, an organization that I really love and and, and support and like a lot, yeah. but did not does not have, let's say, an electoral strategy on a national level around yeah. like pushing someone like a Biden, obviously local levels, it's different. But like, why have that the idea of change? Like why keep fighting inside a, a political structure that so desperately wants to shake uh, progressives from it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I just really believe that it's like, the Democratic Party and the ideals and the values and the vision of this party are in constant contestation. And the people who say, like, we just give up, like this party has never been for us, um, it will never be for us, I think are giving up too soon. And yeah. I think ultimately the reality that we want to manifest in the world can only come to fruition if we fight like hell for it. And like when I look at some of the most far reaching policies that have been passed throughout our history that um, happened in the civil rights movement or happened during the great, you know, following the great depression and in the new deal, like we remember FDR as this like great progressive, but Actually, he wasn't at that time. He was right. being really responsive to the fact that there was an existential threat in the country in the Great Depression. But there were also like thousands and thousands of trade unionists like yeah. holding strikes every single day and stopping business as usual. LBJ was not like a civil rights icon yeah. um, before, like, you know, you had literal children 
who were standing up and saying, you know, enough is enough when it came to racism um, and, 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 and the images of like them being um, attacked with dogs and fire hoses went viral across the country and people stood up. And then, you know, we saw things like the Civil Rights Act being passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just like, look, Joe Biden is not the candidate. I wanted at the beginning, um, he may not even have been like the fifth candidate that I wanted <laughs> in this primary, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but like to say that we can't accomplish things and we can't move forward under him is a complete and total fallacy. Mm. And to me, I'm like, there is too much at stake. Um, when I hear that story about the women and the hysterectomies in, in the ICE detention centers, like I'm like, Look, if we continue with business as usual by mid-century, we're going to see like potentially over 100 million or more climate refugees all across the country and the world. Yep. Yeah. And if if that level of destabilization leads to greater authoritarianism and greater white nationalism, like can you imagine the violence that is going to come to innocent innocent people who are fleeing climate damage in their communities? Yeah. Um it is not an option to not fight in my opinion. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but don't you just want to be right on Twitter? <laughs> Isn't that, that I you just want to like, so much. I yeah. mean, this is, and this is what I say all the time to, yeah. uh, you know, to folks, but it's like, it, it is, it's hard because I think the most orthodox and the most, I am right and you're wrong and you're going to see and you know, follow me and whatever. And like, like those kinds of voices, whether it's in media, whether it's, you know, I mean, most of those folks aren't activists, they don't do any work, but those voices and those opinions rise to the top all the time. Mm. And when, whenever anyone tells you that Joe Biden is going to be exactly this, don't listen to them. Yep. Don't fucking listen to them. That they know exactly yep. what's going to happen. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't actually know what's going to happen. Totally. Um, and we owe it to ourselves to not retreat into that kind of cynicism because you're absolutely right. It will hurt the most vulnerable first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone in Southern California, we're, we're like smoked in. You know, we're basically a, lo- a, a slow rotisserie barbecue <laughs> at this point. Maybe a fast um, one. As, I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> is no good. And like, where are we going to replace Hollywood? Are we going to move Hollywood to Portland? I don't think so. Yeah. Not if I have anything to say about it. (laughs) We could move it to Vancouver though. That'd be cool. I would go to Vancouver. I love Vancouver. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ask you about, you were on, correct me if I'm wrong, you were on the Bernie Biden task force that was trying to pull Biden's team a little bit you could say to the left. I could say to the to the life. You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, when it oh, comes, I like to, that. That's yeah. Good. Bring them to I'm the life. Say that. That's good. How how was that experience? And do you feel like you know what what was sort of like a yes? We got this. You know, we got this, but we didn't get you know something else like ban on fracking, for example. Yeah. What are what and, are the things you left on the table? And did they come into the meeting uh, like literally with their arms crossed? Like, all right, on Zoom. What do you want? <laughs> Okay, well, what it literally looked like was me on a Zoom call with, like, Mm. John Kerry and, and, (laughs) you know, Congresswoman Kathy Castor and Don McEachin and Gina McCarthy. she was on the – Yeah, she was on the climate one. Um, Damn. You got that good group. You were like, ah, well, you got it. I know, totally. It's like picking baseball teams and like, yeah. <laughs> totally. No, she, um, 
she's she's such a badass i love she's fantastic um but no so that that's literally what it was like and then just like debating policies for two hours every week for like six weeks um so i mean i would say like it, it was an experience that was really wild to me i was the youngest person on this task force across any of the task forces um I, it was my um, first time being on like a presidential task force. So it was a little bit in, intimidating. Congratulations. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we've been on like five or six. No, whatever. Uh, like once you like, get your first one under your belt. Yeah, yeah. It's, you don't get nervous. <laughs> yeah. So it was a little intimidating. But it was, I was actually surprised by how willing they were to move on quite a few policies. Um, so for example, like, out of those negotiations, we got them to move up the timeline on decarbonizing, like getting to 100% clean electricity from uh. 2050 to 2035. So that was Good. like 15 yeah. years. Um, that means that Joe Biden has to start that process like tomorrow when he gets elected, or we're not going to make that target. So oh, it makes it a lot more immediate. We got him to commit to a, you know, like, um, basically increasing the level of investment that he makes. So he has agreed to create like 2 million jobs and invest $2 trillion in green jobs and, and, and infrastructure mm -hmm. um, in the first 100 days of his administration over that time period that he's in office. And 40% of that is going to go to communities of color and low-income communities. That's great. All right. So it's like, you know, the big things that we push were environmental justice, making sure that we tackle racism and classism as an inherent part of however we address the climate crisis. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that like the urgency of his timelines actually reflect the crisis. Um, and we are constantly pushing on that. And so, you know, I feel like they were amenable. The places we weren't able to get to agreement on were, you know, obviously we wanted timelines that were way faster than 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 some of the timelines that we ultimately agreed upon, though it certainly represented progress. Um, and yeah, there's stuff about like phasing out fossil fuels that I think, you know, I mean, if you look at the science and if you, if you look at where we're headed, like we needed to have stopped burning that stuff like yesterday. And yep. Uh, we just cannot afford to continue fracking and polluting, um, you know, over the next couple decades if we want to have a livable future. Yeah. Uh, if you have a question. Yeah. Um, I go ahead. read an article recently that, um, yeah, no, I read. Um, <laughs> but I read an article that uh, said that basically um, Joe Biden has uh, kind of agreed to some of the key aspects of the Green New Deal without ever actually endorsing it by name. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think, number one, that's an important thing to showcase because, you know, I know, obviously, Joe Biden is, you know, my sixth favorite candidate um, of, Julian Castro, of, of the people who ran. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, th that is something where we can look at and go, okay, that's good. Uh, is there something uh, specifically about endorsing the Green New Deal by name uh, that the, I mean, I don't know if you discussed this in your uh, task force, but yeah. um, th is there something about endorsing it by name that just, it was a non-starter for them? Was there, was there a feeling of like they were pushing back on things uh, because they didn't agree with them, like ideology, uh, ideologically, or because they thought there would be political pushback? I think most of it was political pushback. I mean, to me, that's the reason why you don't 
ban fracking right now is because right. you think that that is going to be a political non-starter with a community that you want to turn out. Right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. with the Green New Deal, I, I, we did talk about it. We asked about it. We we knew that it would probably there was no chance that they were going to endorse it. Um, and and you know they did reference it in their original plan that they put out in 2019. Um, but ultimately, I think they probably thought that it was a little bit too much of like a lightning rod, particularly a, a sort of like vulnerable spot that maybe Republicans could attack on. Is is what my understanding of it is. Um, I you know from all the polling and 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 the information that we have it's it's pretty clear that people are excited about a climate plan that you know boosts the economy and creates jobs yeah that creates climate. jobs in, right. in fact you know senator schumer tweeted recently that he was he said green new deal like totally. he's been he said you sunrise movement that he's been working with the sunrise movement it, Schumer? Like, where is Schumer out on this? Like, I didn't, does that mean, like, what's happening here? Does that mean, like, <laughs> what did you do? Like, what did you do? Is he, has he been convinced? Did is you he, kill him and replace him yeah, with some sort of robot? <laughs> exactly. Or like, you know, like, what is that? What does that mean? What, what, did, what was that? Yeah. I mean, I think what's happening here, a big thing that happened after the sit-in in 2018, um, was that, you know, and this is what movements are really, really good at doing, particularly, um, yeah, like social movements and, and particularly those led by young people and marginalized folks and workers are really good at this, is um, when we actually called for the Green New Deal, which is ultimately just um, a solution to the climate crisis that is actually at the scale of the crisis and that leaves no person behind or no community behind, um, it actually shifted the debate from and and we're able to like make that go viral sort of in a media way uh, along with our allies like that actually shifted the debate from is the crisis happening like is there still a debate about whether yeah. climate, is climate change real right, which is like right. a manufactured debate by the fossil fuel industry let's get mm -hmm. that straight yeah. um, like we moved that from the conversation of is climate change real to uh like what is the scale of solutions that we right. actually need? Yeah. And what that did was actually shift the Overton window, um, the window of like possibility in this country for what the debate around climate change was. And then we backed that up with like relentless organizing. And so the entire time that folks are on the campaign trail at the presidential level, but also in, you know, down ballot races, like, a decentralized movement of young people are in their faces every place that they go asking how much money they're taking from the fossil fuel industry, asking if they back a Green New Deal, asking mm -hmm. what their plan to combat the climate crisis is, asking if mm -hmm. they understand how the climate crisis is related to addressing racial and economic injustice. Um, Bringing very cute little photos and hand-drawn images to Diane Feinstein, <laughs> yeah. who's yeah. like, that's nice, honey. Yeah. I'm one foot in the grave. Yeah. I made all the money. I need to. Anyway, sorry. I pet 30-year-olds like they're cats. Uh, <laughs> they were literally eight. They were yeah, eight. They, they were, were tiny. Were, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Well, exactly. And so right. I think what's happening is both, you know, the actual political, the, the, the like center of gravity around the conversation has actually fundamentally shifted. Yeah. That's not just Sunrise. That's lots of people. I'm not taking sole credit for that by any means. Um, and then at the same time, it's like we're actually putting fear into 
and, and like flexing. Yeah. Um, and fundamentally, like, I think we're not going to win this shit by like just making friends and like rubbing elbows on the hill. Like we're going to win this when politicians are scared for their careers based off of where they stand on this issue. Yes. Yeah. And yes. young people have got to instill the fear of God that these senators and these Congress people will lose their jobs if they don't get it straight on like the issue that will literally um, like lead to the demise of human civilization. Right. We'll destroy, destroy I'm sorry, all like, that's humanity. That's literally what it is, you know? No, yeah, we're all um, going to I mean, I'm very die. much, I was just saying, I'm very much looking forward to the point where we have two candidates who agree on climate change and we're kind of the Green New Deal is trucking along fine. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just still be talking about how, I don't know, cuties is child pornography right. on, on <laughs> Netflix. I don't know. Like what, or like, I don't, you know, like what would you give up? I just, but I think we are in that moment. I totally agree with you. You guys have shifted the Overton window, but I, I was saying this before on, a on the podcast that like, we're also in that moment where like on pure ideological BS, not even ideological, on pure political reasons, the Republicans dig their heels in mm -hmm. and maybe even centrist Democrats dig their heels in. not, not cause the science supports it. Cause it doesn't mm -hmm. not cause the economics support it. Cause it doesn't, but only because, well, just like, uh, being pro pro-life, supposedly anti-abortion. Yeah. I, uh, just believe in digging up the world. Like it's, it's gone that far. And I can't wait till we're beyond that because straight up these old motherfuckers die. And yeah. young people inherit the earth and this political mess. Yeah. And is, and I just want to say, Sunrise, if you guys don't know, has also been, they've got movement houses around the country. They've got fellowship programs from three to six months. They are training people. They had 200 applicants. Maybe I'm wrong, but two, I read an article about this. 200 <laughs> applicants to their most recent fellowship and their training and like could only accept 60, but like people, the you y'all are churning climate justice organizers out. And I am in such awe and such gratitude. And I am also wondering can people under the age of 30 join? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, not that we're not that we're not in our 20s. Not that we're not like whatever. Not that we're not like 27. Yeah, no, we're 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 Gen X. Or no, Z. Fuck. <laughs> we, we allow we are very welcoming of people of all ages in yeah. joining Sunrise. And yeah, lots of people join who are 13 who are 30 who are 60 i mean if you're like that 60 year old guy that's just kind of like talks for like 45 minutes in a meeting like oh yeah he's on his way to becoming one yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no the left is full of that 60 year old guy like half my entire political upbringing was just like they're all your mentors that 60 yeah yeah they're, they're <laughs> either your mentors i.e max album or just your enemies but you love them anyway yeah yeah like, yeah Totally. That's why you got to hold the speech or whatever, you know, the little like the little like, uh, you know, the, the five minute thing. That's just like okay, the five minute time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the time. But also <laughs> yeah. your your little like thing that you hold so you can speak, you know, like, uh, oh, like, talking. The, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. talking stick. Yeah, the aboriginal oh. talking stick. The aboriginal talking stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, it's I've noticed that um, one of the and I could be wrong about this, but one of the big reasons that I think um, the conversation is shifting um, is because of the fact that uh, it is climate change in general, something that young people are um, 
drawn to more and more. And I think older people are looking at that and going like, young people are not usually engaged, <laughs> especially in anything political. And they're looking at that and they're going like, this, uh, this is probably because they are young and don't want to die. And it's like, it's yeah. like they're seeing the, the kind of like the bleak, rationality mm -hmm. of why young people would join a climate <laughs> uh, a climate justice movement. And also, and I want to just shout out this uh, question on YouTube. Keith said, asks about how a Green New Deal would create good paying jobs, because I do think young people are also staring down an economic situation yep. that is incredibly unfavorable sure. to them. Yeah. They're not nearly going to make the money that their parents made. Right. And that was always sort of the marker of success, et cetera. So what, you know, briefly sort of I think we when we say the Green New Deal, it's like we forget somehow we forget the New Deal part. <laughs> like yeah. it's just qualifying the New Deal. So yeah, how would it create jobs? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. Like basically, yeah. there is a ton of work to be done in addressing the climate crisis. Like we have to electrify everything. Like we have to, oh my God. Sorry, guys. My whole setup is like, my electrify mic. it electrify <laughs> that. my mic on a stack of seven books yeah <laughs> so good. it's a little bit of a shit show right she now. reads but, okay but anyway uh it's all actually the same book of nice same <laughs> book. yeah um but anyway so it's like you know there is a lot of work that needs to be done to tackle the climate crisis and estimates show that in order to do that amount of labor, we would need to create somewhere to the tune of 20 to 30 million jobs. Yeah. And um, these are jobs- Of just transitioning to, yes. to sustainability. Uh -huh. Yes, exactly. Like these are jobs that um, could be about deploying renewable energy, like solar panels and, and, and wind farms, et cetera. But it also looks like, you know, actually employing people to do sustainable agriculture and making farming uh, a carbon sort of uh, sink rather than a carbon yes. source. Um, yes. It can look like restoring wetlands, um, land preservation. Um, you know, there's just basically an endless list of things that could be involved, like cleaning up toxic waste sites. They're um, like one of the programs that we uh, pushed Joe Biden to include in his plan is actually specifically a program targeted towards young people and people of color to employ them um, in doing the vital work of cleaning up the environment and and stopping climate change. Um, that's modeled off a program from the 1930s that FDR ran that was mostly for like white men and kind of mm -hmm. army e um, <laughs> called the CCC the the civilian climate. Uh, not climate corps, the civilian yeah. conservation corps. Yeah. There's no that employed two million or more men um during that time. And young people specifically, people, right? Yeah, young people specifically. Um and I was just like hiking uh in Western Mass a, a few weeks ago and I got to the top of the mountain. I saw this entire placard that how like almost a hundred years ago the CCC had been camped out there and had built the trails that I was walking on. I mean right. like, like this stuff, the legacy lasts. Like we could yeah. be literally like we could be creating infrastructure yeah uh, beautiful spaces that people are going to experience a hundred years from now yeah. um, what do we want our legacy to be do we want to leave behind a sustainable thriving more just world or is this like the, <clears throat> the moment in the crossroads where we head towards basically like unmitigated violence and harm and i i really really believe that that 
the power to choose in that um, in that fork in the road, like really depends on ordinary people making the choice to step up. Fuck yeah, and and I I want to say like to me the uh, the plutocracy, the oligarchy, the one percent, however you want to call them, you know, we always you know, we think that they're really good at raiding and plundering other countries. And they have been, you know, uh, sort of globalization was about that. Um, but they've also done it here to this country and they've plundered and they've let things um, completely decay. They have dis divested from communities systematically and still made hand over fist money. And I kind of, you know, being on fire here in California has put into perspective a lot of Democrats and what they have and haven't been doing. And one of the things that they have been doing is taking money from oil and gas. And uh -huh. so my question is, how do you, how do we have a green new deal without, you know, as I think Bill McKibben has said, calling the fossil fuel industry a like merchants of death, they are, they are the enemy. They are the enemy and yeah. we can't like, and we have to rein in dark money spending and Citizens United. Like how, like, how totally. do you problematize that in, totally. in this vision? Yeah. I mean, one way that we've done it is we've run this campaign called, I mean, it's essentially the no fossil fuel money pledge, which has been primarily targeting um, Democrats and Repu also Republicans, though they're, uh, I don't think anyone has taken that <laughs> one day. Um, but a lot of them, I mean, at the very least, there should be one party that understands that, you know, taking taking fossil fuel money is no longer permissible when we're sort of at the cup of cusp of of, of ecological and humanitarian breakdown. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've run targeted campaigns. Um, part of actually the, the the second demand as part of the the sit-in at Nancy Pelosi's office was to essentially mandate that anybody who wants to claim themselves to be, you know, democratic leaders um, must divest themselves of, uh, you know, of, of receiving oil and gas campaign contributions. Um, and so- Yeah, you know, Sunrise doesn't fuck with anyone who hasn't taken that pledge. Exactly. Yeah, we don't endorse people if they haven't, if, 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 on by and large, we don't endorse people if they take if they haven't taken the fossil fuel money pledge. Um, and like because of relentless organizing, we were actually able to uh, ensure that every single major Democratic presidential candidate took that pledge. Um, yeah. And so that was that was huge. Now it's like huge. the baseline that any Democratic candidate from now on will not receive can uh, contributions from the oil and gas industry. Yeah. I, I, uh, you, you give me so much hope. And I say that in a way that where I'm like, I want to get involved, but uh, <laughs> I want to do something, but I'm not 18. Um, you're, you're close enough. I'm close enough. 27 is close enough. Um, just quickly. I figured, I figured we will. So, we'll, so we'll, are we. So are we. So are we. Same Z. Same <laughs> I want to know. Look at my shirt. I'm wearing an Adidas shirt with I was a little butterfly. I was actually born with these wrinkles on my forehead. That's normal. It's the Benjamin Button of. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how can people get involved in Sunrise? Like, where would you recommend they start? Yeah. So I would recommend that you start at sunrisemovement.org. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok at Sunrise MVMT. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also say if you're like 
Okay, actually, I'm just hype. I want to get in. I want to help, you know, win this election. And then I want to join the movement. And I want to make sure that Joe Biden holds to every single one of his campaign promises and more. Mm -hmm. Um, We're currently signing people up for this thing we're calling the Victory Squad, which is for any person that doesn't currently have a role in the movement, but is like, I understand the emergency moment that we are in and I want to get involved. Um, Just asking you to give like one to two hours of your week every week through the election um, to call other people and get them out to vote. Um, And so if that's interesting to you, go to sunrisemovement.org and and you can sign up. Just look for Victory Squad on the page. Awesome. And, And I guess just last thing about you guys, you know, I think in this movement and moment of Black Lives Matter and this unprecedented civil rights, you know, resurgence, Sunrise, you guys have found a role in that, too. I mean, you've been you've been uh, I know working with Movement for Black Lives and you've been holding trainings, I believe, around defunding the police Mm -hmm. like just another hats off version because I think a lot of organizations, especially ones that are like, you know, mostly issue faced, you guys have found this really incredible way to be multi-issue. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I could, I have so many more questions and I'm really happy that you came on and come back. Yeah. Yes. Happy yeah. to please. Cool. Anytime. We're not done. I'm going to cry a little bit, a little tear of happiness and joy. Cause I feel good. We're not <laughs> done. We have one more segment. Will you stay? Yes. I'm okay. Sorry. So this is, we, we usually have a new segment every single uh, episode. This is an old segment we're bringing back. And uh, it's, it's usually actually horrific, but maybe this time it'll be a little fun. Uh, this is The Week in Karen. If you're watching on YouTube and you saw that interstitial there was a little bit of a spoiler in there because this week in Karen is about the singer songwriter Van Morrison. What? That's right. Van Morrison is a Karen. Um, yes, the Irish singer um, is the latest member of Antima, the Anti Maskers. Um, <laughs> of course. Yes, he is going to release a series of lockdown protest songs. Uh, and this is according to the LA Times. In, quote, no more lockdown, he says the restrictions, quote, enslave people effectively label and effectively labels the British government as, quote, fascist bullies, condemns celebrities for, quote, telling us what we are supposed to feel and charges scientists of, quote, making up crooked facts. Oh, my God. This is it's (laughs) all of them. Every time. If you ever had a musical hero of the past, they have all been radicalized and, and right wing. Yeah. All of them. They all have been. And that's why uh, we're we we whiting songs. <laughs> we're going to we white some songs. We're going to rewrite write songs, uh, Varshini. And this will age you uh, as younger than we are. But I, I do want to just rewrite some Van yeah. Morrison songs. I came up with uh, Corona, C-O-R-O-N-A, Corona. Is that is that? Is that Gloria? No, I know. That's Van. That's Van Morrison. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I always thought that was the Kinks. <laughs> no, I don't know why. Uh, the Kinks are Gloria, Lola. You could see how. But get you those could redo. Confused. You could redo the Kinks. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 nope, can't do it. So I saw her waiting in line at the mall. 
And I went up to her and I said, real tall, hey, Lola. Masks are fake, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, a uh, brown eye girl. Mm -hmm. So it might be something like, you my maskless girl. Oh, I love it. I love Do it. Do you remember when we used to breathe? Anyway, it goes on from there. Barshani, <laughs> just to preempt your favorite singer and songwriter from getting red pilled like Van Morrison and becoming a Karen, we're going to just preempt it with our own song. So, who would you hate to see get red pilled and become an Antima anti masker? Who was like, who did you listen to in high school? Okay, so this is kind of embarrassing. I, when I was in high school, I like only listened to like ACDC hard rock. Nice. Yes. And so I'm like, I feel like if like, so Guns N' Roses was my favorite band. Yes. It still is of all time. Also Fleetwood Mac. Okay, if like when I look into your eyes, like, I, I don't want to see your eyes. <laughs> what? Like, Sorry, if, okay, if like Stevie Nicks, I don't actually know what Stevie Nicks does these days. I know, I know. At all, but if Stevie Nicks became an anti-masker, so, I would be heartbroken. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, what, what's his bucket from Guns N' Roses? Axl um, Rose. Axl Rose, that's also, his name. Also, Slash was my favorite. Oh, yeah. Slash, Slash is greater amazing. than. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like, better than Axl Rose. Oh, everyone yeah. loves Slash everyone more loves than Axl Rose. Slash is... Yeah, I mean, if Slash became an anti-max, uh, anti-masker, that'd be bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it would be pretty bad. I read two of his biographies when I was really. Yeah, I had a poster of him. Like, my mom wouldn't come in. Did he have a nice abs? Because his face was. Mo I feel like he's pro face covering because he was always like, you know. Yeah, totally. Hat. He was doing it before it was cool. Curly hair. So let, let me see. Uh, uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Red Pill. Uh, well, oh, I got it. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Ping Pong Pizza. We got children in the basement. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> well, oh, now he's queuing on? Well, yeah. I mean, Red Pill. Uh -oh. oh, no. <laughs> oh, see, we're precarious, too. I, I thought need that to worked. Electrify everything. Welcome to Ping Pong Pizza. It's very hard to do. We got kids around. <laughs> All right. um, oh yeah any suggestions in the comments i'm gonna look through yeah Let's just see. just say uh, uh, oh uh, let me think of like what about stevie nicks what about uh what about fleetwood mac oh yeah 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 uh what's that, that anything that, on gold dust woman dream no has that you will know what is that thunder only covid only happens on tv yeah yeah. Uh, Trump's the only real person I listen to. No, you got to rhyme with TV. I can't always rhyme, Francesca. Uh, yeah. Masks, they will prevent. I got <laughs> a doctor. No. There you go, Dr. Diplo. <laughs> Check out this note from my doctor. No. <laughs> I, I rhyme. I, that's bad. Yeah, I'm telling you, the rhyme part is the hardest part. The rhyme part is the hardest part. Okay, let's do one more. Um, what is uh, what's what is your favorite like oldies band from back in the day, Francesca? I mean, I want to hear Alanis Morissette. Oh. Uh, 
I don't know enough Alanis Morissette. <laughs> it's definitely going to be ironic. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that Max are lies. See, I can't do it. I can't always. Um, it's like a vaccine. <laughs> when you're already. <laughs> improv. I was gonna, no, I know. <laughs> improv. Look it up. Um, we are not improvisers. No, we're, we're stand-up not. comics version. We are uh, right. podcasters. <laughs> oh, uh, Be- uh, Becca, Becca, the producer says, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Cranberries. Ooh, uh, cranberries. cranberries. I did get a Cranberries vibe when you were doing yeah. whatever that was. Do, do, do. I'm just going to yeah. sing the song and not know what to say. Yeah. Do, 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 Which song do. is this? No, it's definitely Zombie, isn't it? Oh, do, yeah. Do. I'm singing all the B ones. In your head, in your head, COVID, COVID, COVID. That works. Okay, yeah. that works. And hey, we can end on that one. We can end on that version for Kosh of Sunrise Movement. Follow her, follow the Sunrise Movement, and follow their work. Get involved, be part of that victory squad. Um, Varshini, we will see you on the other side of November. I fucking hope no matter which way it goes, um, you know, get your running shoes, get your go bag. Uh, thank you for all of your work. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you. Yay, Varshini. And thanks to all of you for watching. Thanks to Matt Lieb. Good Mythical Morning. News Broke. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars Show. Uh, uh, Pod Yourself a Gun, which is a Sopranos rewatch podcast where we go through all the episodes and talk about yeah, it. That's why he said Gabagool earlier. Gabagool. We just watch Sopranos. We talk about it. It's really good. Don't listen to all the other ones. Those are lame. How there, many are there? So many. Okay. And the entire cast has decided to individually start their own Sopranos rewatch podcast. It's oh my very annoying. God. You, but, can't, you can't beat that. Well, no, I've listened to it and they're all very boring. Oh. Whereas ours is fun. I love the Sopranos. Uh, pod a great, yourself a, a gun. Francesca's show. done pod yourself a gun. I've You've done, done it. it. It's very, very good. You guys, thank you all for being here. Remember to tip TBR-Live. TBR Live on Cash App. My, my little tip jar is running low. I said that, but I haven't really checked it. I'm just assuming it's low. Tip, um, tip us. We got to eat. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you to the lovely Becca Roofer, who is the produce deuce of this show. <laughs> I don't know. Uh and once again, fucking vote. Make a plan to vote. Get out that vote. Do more. We don't want to wake up uh, on November whatever and feel like we didn't do more. Yeah. Uh, in this election to stop fascism. John Lewis took a bat to the head for our rights to vote. So you got to do it. And also because the alternative to tr- Biden uh, is going around saying things like this about the climate. So I think one area of mutual agreement and priority is vegetation management. But I think we want to work with you to really recognize the changing climate and what it means to our forests and actually work together with that science. That science is going to be key because if we, if we ignore that science and sort of put our head in the sand and think it's all about vegetation management, we're not going to succeed together protecting Californians. Okay. It'll start getting cooler. I you wish just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think science knows actually. Kill me. Literally kill me. Don't just bitch about it. Be about it.
Bye.